Welcome to Tell Me More Live, the recorded version of our live storytelling night at the Push Comedy Theater in Norfolk, Virginia. In this recording, Patrick C. Taylor shares why he should never play sports. Hey everybody, so this thing, uh, this is about broken bones and broken hearts. And I know a little bit about broken hearts, but I know much more about broken bones, see. Because through my grade school years, I broke seven arms. And... How does, how does a kid break seven arms is a question that Child Protective Services definitely asked my parents at some point. But it's perfectly reasonable. I'm going to walk you guys through it. And it pretty much, like all the way up to the seventh and most catastrophic break, and it pretty much comes down to this. I should never be involved in any sport of any kind, ever. <laughs> like, these arms have never been referred to by anyone as guns. Like... <laughs> You remember the presidential fitness challenge in grade school where you had to do so many push-ups and so many sit-ups and so many chin-ups to be considered an adequate human being? Well, I never once accomplished a single chin-up unless you count like that one like jumping off the chair like, ha-ha, you know, and then I would just like dangle there like the hang-in-there-kid-in poster, you know. But I had a dream, and this dream came courtesy of the WWF. And now it's the WWE, but when I knew it, it was the WWF. This was the World Wrestling Federation. And this was the heyday of like Hulk Hogan and Macho Man Savage and Ultimate Warrior and Rowdy Roddy Piper and Honky Tonk Man. Do any guys remember Honky Tonk Man? The dude who like, yeah, dressed up like Elvis and he'd bring out his guitar and beat the guy up and then smash the dude with the guitar. Like that was his finishing move. Like all those guys had a finishing move. Like Jake the Snake, put the dude in the DDT and drop him and then take out a giant live snake and drop it on the dude. Or like <laughs> Brutus the Barber Beefcake who would put the dude in the sleeper hold and when the guy was out, take out scissors and cut the dude's hair. And I'm a kid, this is like first or second grade, and this is just amazing. This is my dream. That's what I want to do. But I need to train, and if I'm going to train, I need someone to train with. And who better to train with than my three older brothers? And the one who was most willing to participate in this was my older brother, Doug, who was six years older than me and six foot three by the time he was like four years old. I don't know. And so we're on my parents' bed because it's big and square like a wrestling ring. And he throws me down, and I try and stop myself, and I land on my wrist, which kind of hurts. But then he jumps on my back, which really hurts. And snap, that's broken wrist number one. And, you know, there's this weird feeling like it kind of hurts, but there's also like this dull feeling that you get because I guess there's something in the bone marrow that dulls the senses or something. Uh, but, but you can still you know something's wrong. So we go to the Naval Hospital because my dad's in the Navy, uh, and they do the tests, and yeah, I get the cast, you know, it's the whole thing, like kids at school want to sign your cast, and your arm gets itchy, so you put a pencil under there, and like, ah, you know, and eventually the cast gets dirty, they cut it off, and you're, you're good again, uh, although there's this weird thing when they cut the cast off, where your arm has gotten used to the weight, so they cut the cast off, and suddenly your arm does this, <laughs> you know, like Dr. Strangelove or something, <laughs> yeah, but then, uh, I'm good again, and, but it's not even like a year later. I've already moved on to my next dream of being a football star because I'm really into the Dallas Cowboys. And back then I was into the Dallas Cowboys for the same reason. I thought I was a Republican back then because all my older brothers were. And if all my older brothers agree on something, it must be cool. I mean, now I realize I can never be a football star for the na- same reason I can never be a Republican because either of those jobs require some kind of severe head injury. But... <laughs> So we're all playing football out in the front yard. There's a bunch of kids, like the 4th of July or something, and my brother Doug throws the football, and it lands on the ground, and I go sliding for it, and the kid behind me goes sliding for it, and his knee meets my elbow, and my elbow goes the direction that nobody's elbow should go. Even bigger cast, that's broken arm number two. And by this point, I should be getting the message, right? Like me and sports, no bueno. 
which brings me to broken arm number three, third grade, me and my brother in the living room wrestling. Like, we got, like, Royal Rumble on the TV, and we're practicing our moves because we're going to be, like, the heart foundation where he's the bread to the hitman heart, and I'm definitely the Owen heart in this equation. And so, because, like, he puts me, like, he gets down the floor, he gets his knee up, grabs my arms, and flips me over, and I land, and smack, collarbone breaks right on the carpet. Uh, and I'm laying on my back for, like, an hour. The paramedics come out. I get my first ambulance ride. And when you break your collarbone, it's not easy to put that in a cast, so they, like, put you in a sling, and you, they just tell you don't move very much because it's going to hurt. And it does hurt. Like if I would get startled, like I remember Pop-Tarts popping up and I'd be like, oh, ah! You know, it's like this two-tiered thing, which is awful. But my brothers found out about this and they thought it was hilarious. So they would hide behind corners and wait for me to walk around and scare me. So I'd be like, ah, ah! I hated it, but I got better. And somehow I got through all of fourth grade without breaking an arm. God knows how. But then fifth grade... I, I guess I got like, really into the Summer Olympics or something because I asked my mom to enroll me in gymnastics class. And I, I was terrible. Like, I couldn't stay on the balance beam. I couldn't do a handstand, but I'm really trying. I'm trying on the monkey bars out front of school. My friends are showing me, no, it's easy. You just swing, grab, swing, grab. I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this. I swing, grab, and I grab nothing. And I fall, and that's number four. Although this one was technically a dislocation, and so it didn't quite feel the same, but I knew it, like, it hurt. Something was wrong. I told my friends, I just broke my arm. They're like, you didn't break your arm. No, you'd be screaming and crying. I'm thinking, well, I've done it three times at this point, but okay, whatever. So I go to class, and I walk around with a dislocated wrist for two weeks, which didn't come to the fore until two weeks later, me and my brother in the living room, not wrestling. No, he's like watching TV, and I'm jumping back and forth between the sofa chair and the ottoman. Back and forth, like I don't know what Olympic sport this is that I'm training for, but just back and forth until the ottoman gives way and I fall, and the dislocation is even dislocated, or you know, like I can see the bump. <laughs> and so we go to the hospital and they snap it back into place, which is just a pain, like that just hurt for hours. And that was broken arm number four. And you know, I've been thinking about this, like it's hard for me to wrap my mind around why I was so into the idea of being like an athlete, because now I don't play any sports. I don't even watch any sports. But it was just constant, like I had my mom sign me up for soccer, and it was just constant, like balls to the face, like me laid out on the ground with like a semicircle of concerned faces over me, like the, like the straight out of Compton album cover, you know? <laughs> but then it was just like, all right, I'm ready for baseball. Baseball, I'm going to sign for baseball, I'm going to be a baseball star like i just seen. You guys remember that movie, Rookie of the Year, where the kid breaks his arm and then suddenly becomes a great pitcher? Well, I would broken a lot of arms, so I was going to be great at this, right? Even though I'd already done t-ball, and I was terrible at that. I mean, t-ball, you technically can't strike out, but I really put that to the test, you know? And so I go for baseball tryouts, this is like sixth grade, and I'm the worst at pitching, I'm the worst at batting, I'm the worst at catching, but you pay your money and you get picked for a team. And I got on to the Pirates, which I was told was the worst team on the league, but I was still super excited. I got my hat, I got my uniform, I was wearing my hat everywhere, I wore my hat to bed, I wore the uniform to bed the night of the fir- before the first game because I just wanted to jump up and be ready to go, and I woke up and it was raining. First game got rained out, so I missed that. Missed the second game because I was visiting my grandpa. We were visiting my grandpa in Florida, and I was staying in this camper with, like, alligators all around and shit. And in the camper, they've got this bed, like, above the driver's seat. It's like the, uh, the top bunk of a bunk bed for a kid that's awesome sleeping up there. Middle of the night, I need to get up to pee. You know, I got my pirate's cap on and everything, and I'm trying to crawl out, and I fall like this. <laughs> Break wrist number, f- what is that, five? I'm losing count at this point. Uh... Yeah, uh, and so I never got to play a baseball game, and they even made me, they made me turn the hat and the uniform back in. 
So that was just like it, you know. And at this time, I've broken five arms. My mom's like, this kid is breaking a lot of arms. Like, you know, like maybe we should get him tested. Like maybe he's bird-boned, like, you know, Samuel Jackson and Unbreakable. And so they get me tested. And they're like, well, no, there's nothing wrong with him physically. I mean, he is breaking a lot of wrists. Like, maybe he's falling wrong. And this, this is where I'm going to teach you guys something. Like, this is the educational part of this evening. When you fall, do not fall like this. You know? Like, you are not going to stop the fall from happening. Gravity has already won at this point. You're going to fall. Protect yourself. Fall like this. Not like this. Like this. So, yeah, lesson was learned. So in seventh grade, when I'm running up the stairs late for French class and I fall, I fall like this break my wrist on the stone stairs, and right away I got that dull sense. I knew just what it was. Go to the school nurse. I'm like, I just broke my arm. School nurse looks at me like, I think it's a school nurse's job not to believe any kid what they say. Like, "Eh, I'm sick. I can't take this test. Like, whatever. You're fine. Go to class. So she takes a manila folder, wraps it around my arm with, like, ace bandages, clips it off, and is like, you're okay. Go back to class. And I'm looking at this makeshift splint that Lady MacGyver has just fashioned on me. And thinking back to the monkey bars, and I'm just like, no, call my mom. Call my mom. And it's like, what happened? Just broke my arm. Okay, sends my brother out. We go to the hospital. It's like, hey, doctor. Hey, Patrick. You know, and yeah, it's broken. I get the cast. I'm walking to school the next day with the cast by the school nurse. Like, (laughs) yeah. And for a while, that was it. Like six broken arms. Uh, You know, that was my story. Like a klutzy Shiva, you know, uh, until... The summer before senior year of high school. And this is when all the kids are, like, getting their learner's permit and driver's licenses. But I've got my bicycle, and I love to bike. I'm bicycling all around town. See, here's the thing is, I forgot that bicycling is technically a sport. So I'm bicycling down by, you know, Santerra Hospital on Collie Avenue, and there's a playground across the street. There's, like, a street that runs along the playground, and there's a street that comes up to it, like a T-intersection. And I'm coming up the T on my bicycle, and a driver comes speeding towards the intersection, and we see each other. He slams on his, bi- on, he slams on his brakes and, like, screeches into the intersection. I try and swerve out of the way, and I hit the side of his car, and I fly over the trunk of the car, and I land on the pavement, and as I land on the pavement, the first thought I have is, hey, I fell right this time. <laughs> yeah? But I'm like, I'm like really dazed. I'm out of it. And this guy, I, I get up, and this guy gets out of the car, and he's kind of freaked out and none too happy, and I immediately recognize, like, the red shirt. He's got a cap with a logo on it. This is a Chinello's pizza delivery guy. And he's being kind of aggressive with me. He's like, hey, man, are you okay? Are you okay? And I'm like, um, uh, yeah, I guess. And he's like, but listen, you hit me, right? You hit me. And I'm like, uh, uh, yeah, I guess, because here's the thing I didn't know at the time. I had just received a concussion. So this guy could have been like, but you're the queen of England, right? You're the queen of England. And I would have been like, uh, uh, yeah, I guess. You know. And so he's like, okay, well, listen, I got to go deliver this pizza. Bye. And gets in his car and speeds away leaving me there with a bicycle tire in a U-shape. And this is right when I'm starting to feel that dull feeling in my shoulder, like, oh, God damn it, I just broke another arm. And luckily, there's some kids at the playground who saw the accident. There's like a, their mom took to the dude's license plate number. So, yeah, he got ridden up for a, a hit-and-run accident. And, you know, apparently, like, do you guys remember how pizza places used to have, like, get your pizza in 30 minutes or less so you get it for free? You know why they had to stop doing that? Yeah, so many drivers kept getting into hit-and-run accidents, you know, although I don't think accident is the operative word. I think dick move is more appropriate. 
But yeah, so those people, they call my parents, and an ambulance comes from Centera. It's just like, whoop, 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 whoop. It's like the shortest ambulance ride ever. And I am stuck on my couch for three weeks because this time when my collarbone broke, it wasn't just like snap. It broke clean in two and had to, yeah, it had to form back together like this. So there's like this big lump of bone here where there should not be a lump of bone. Uh, and yeah, I was just stuck on the couch like drinking milk and, uh, you know, like watching a lot of old VHS tapes. And like my parents were actually renting me a bunch of videotapes from the narrow video. Uh, and I was always pretty, pretty into movies, but this is when I really started to like, get obsessed. And like, as soon as I got better, it was right when the narrow cinema was showing this Warner Brothers retrospective of all their best movies, like Casablanca and Doctor Strangelove and Blade Runner and Goodfellas. And I went and I saw 27 movies in one week, and I was just hooked. And by the end of senior year, I was working at narrow video. I hadn't even graduated from high school yet, and I was working there. And by the end of the calendar year, I was working at two video stores at the same time, and the movie theater downtown. And to this day, I still work at Narrow Video. Yeah, there's still a video store around somehow. Yeah. You know? And here's the thing is, I had, I had all these illustrious dreams of like being a football star or a baseball star. Uh, but I work at a video store. But here's the thing. In the first 17 years of my life, I broke seven arms. And in the 17 years I've worked at Narrow Video Store, zero arms have <laughs> been broken. Yeah. But... If I ever get the call from WWE, I'm going to be right there. And I'm going to be Patrick, the aspiring screenwriter, Beefcake. And my finishing move is I'm going to be put the dude in the sleeper hold. And when he's passed out, I'm going to stuff my unproduced screenplay in his mouth. And I'm going to whisper, I'm picturing Ryan Gosling for the lead. If you'd like to come out and tell a story like this one, or just enjoy the show... Visit tellmemorelive.org. That's tellmemorelive.org, where you'll find a list of upcoming shows, submission and contact forms, and more storyteller podcasts. I'm Deb Markham, producer of the show. Our live host is Brendan Kennedy. Amber Nettles, Evan Hartley, and Scott Rose provide production assistance. And Jenny Zell serves as our podcast consultant. Until next time, thanks for listening to Tell Me More Live.